I don't know that I'd kill him to eat him, but if well, he okay. died the, first, I'd eat him. The problem is you'd you'd be able to get a meal out of me probably, but yeah. you're not you don't know how to you don't know how to cure and preserve meat, let alone prepare <laughs> like let alone oh. prepare like so so really you're not going to be eating carcass flesh because we're not we're not uh, vultures. Well, and who has the fridge mm-hmm. space or the freezer space? Right. So you're gonna re- you're really just gonna have one shot at uh, whatever you feel like eating. So what is what's the what do you take? Oh, what piece of you? You got you've only got one stab at fresh meat because the human stomach's not that big and no. you know, like you wouldn't Ooh. be able to eat a whole you wouldn't even be able to eat a whole leg right like that's way too much meat. Well, totally. the good leg maybe. <laughs> even the the one I didn't break. The one that's still ni- the one that's nice and muscle. No, but the lo- but the soft leg though would be like fresh uh-huh. veal, right on that ankle bone with all <laughs> the tender meat. I do actually think I'd go for leg. I do too. It's it seems like the most regular meaty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's enough there that you can cut into it and maybe like I don't know. You have pieces of it that that don't just like obviously look like a piece of your friend Roy. <laughs> Right. You don't want to eat a hand and like have to suck the no. meat off the off the fingers like a chicken like a chicken wing. Rory, Rory, I've got I've got a question for you. Actually more of a request. Um if you decide at some point you want to switch out your vape flavors to something more like hickory, like a hickory <laughs> Could you could, could you sleep in this aged barrel? <laughs> My name is Mr. Sour Pickles. They are the visionaries. Grappling hook. All about helping people. Blow up with people. We're getting on my nerves, horse. We can't ever go back to Arizona. How did JFK get my spaghetti video? To help them fight Mondragor. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. It's Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. Art, did we just get did we just get onto NPR? Is this our first week on NPR? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rory. And, uh, you know, this week I thought, you know, I'm just feeling so relaxed because I've had my first vaccine shot and I feel like I'm turning into like the next evolution of horse tranquilizers. Yeah. Yeah. Are you war turtling? I'm war turtling (laughs) into the next version of me. I'm turning. (laughs) Sorry, war turtling is a really funny verb. Uh, No. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know, Austin. Do you feel the same? Do you feel like something has changed within you? Um, I think yeah. I mean, so I got my vaccine a couple of days ago, the first one, <laughs> and um, and my my reception's been great ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory, you laugh, uh, but yeah, it has. So you know, who's laughing now? Uh, I <laughs> honestly, here's the thing: the biggest, most surprising thing, uh, I can jump six feet in the air right now. Wow. Like anytime I want to jump, I can just jump six feet straight up. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, my the thing the changes that I've noticed are that I, I don't have any superhuman abilities, but I can sort of manifest any scent at will. You know, like I can <laughs> Out just sort of, of from where a new gland I found. Oh, okay. And, and it's very exciting, and I can tell everyone about it with my enhanced five G reception. But I can, I can just sort of make myself smell like whatever. Did you call I it want. the Pfizer gland. 
<laughs> Pfizer Glenn. Rory, how about you? And in oh, in some mm. kind of oh yeah yeah yeah, in, in a sort of Twilight Zony monkey paw twist, I fled America's extreme <laughs> COVID uh, disasterino uh, to greener pastures, and now I'm here, no vaccine. Well, things are <laughs> finally starting to brighten on your end, and I've been on uh, quarantines and lockdowns for three weeks. Yeah, well, well I have I have nothing um, childish to say about that. No, we've we've moved <laughs> beyond such things, and we would never we would never sort of hold our new status as as uh, as evolved war turtles above you, uh-huh. <laughs> a lowly squirtle like yourself as five G war turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to our show: two war turtles and a lowly squirtle, <laughs> and a bitch ass squirtle. <laughs> do war turtles still only have the one the one squirt the one squirter they have no do squirters they, they have no squirters is it blastoise that starts with the squirtle only blast oh. Bla- blastoise gets two right away it goes from zero you're, to two you're telling yeah. me it goes zero to zero to two guns that's yes. that's pretty that's pretty intense i like that well you know we have our second dose coming up in a couple oh. weeks, so you know, we can look. Maybe forward we'll to that. become squirters. <laughs> now I regret. Now you'll be that. Blastoise. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know when we're Blastoise. Uh, we'll we'll be sure to let everyone know. We're gonna be shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> I did it! I'm Blastoise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, this is episode number six or part six, uh, depending on how you want to count. Sort of. It's our sixth part in Magical Girl arc. Uh, and it's our final <laughs> week with Madoka Magica. And just another week in our long trek with Sailor Moon. And uh, mm. I'm, another, I'm really... Another walk with a friend. Yes. Yes. I'm fucking stoked to talk about both of these today. They were wild as shit. Yeah, really um, good. So, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been a while. Uh, Rory, can you can you do the thing? Let's dive right in. Yeah. No, I want to try it. Let's dive right in. <laughs> I'm the war turtle. I dive in. <laughs> Squirtle waits his turn. Right, everybody. We're here. We're here in Sailor Moon City in Neo Tokyo, Crystal Tokyo. And this <laughs> week we watched episode 63, Enemies No More. And spoilers. Do I spoil you? Do I <laughs> do I have a spoilie for you in this knobs? Katsy <laughs> intends on capturing Rini at the Cherry Hill Temple to try and win Rubius's romantic love. Mm. However, Rubius rejects Katsy, which prompts Sailor Mars and Chad <laughs> to show her the true meaning of love and friendship. Mm. Oh, Chad. Uh, Chad. <laughs> oh, we were so long without you. Be still my Chad. And it was so heart. worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, did we did we miss when we skipped a couple episodes? Was there a Chad episode T- that time we- makes the heart grow chatter? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I don't know if we skipped a Chad episode. It's very possible because I think there was one about uh, Ray's grandpa that we didn't okay. end up watching. So it's very possible Chad showed up in an episode that we missed. Uh, there, to which I, think I that assume was the... you're going to write a formal apology for <laughs> <laughs> for that happening because – I want to apologize to our listeners that if we, if I had known that we were missing a chat episode, um, I wouldn't have let it happen on my watch. So, well, (laughs) you know what? Decisions had to be made when we wanted to not do this arc for the rest of our fucking lives. So we skipped a few. Uh, That being said, I I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) I really did like having Chad back. It was so nice. (laughs) It's quite good. This episode was awesome. We could probably spend the whole episode talking about just it's, Sailor Moon. It's, it's pretty content deep. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of roll through it. So um, I guess uh, Luna has been holding night classes and uh, both Sailor Mars and Rubius have been taking gaslighting lessons. Oh, like I've been taking really <laughs> upsetting <laughs> gaslighting lessons from Luna. <laughs> <laughs> oh so so you're talking about uh ray's ray's treatment of chad and rubius's treatment of cassie is that what uh, you mean actually i think her treatment of chad is it seemed uh i i liked their dynamic in this episode no i it's meant fine. i meant when she when she torments serena and says yeah but you treated him badly, and he's smart enough not to hang around for that. When you apologize and really mean it, then maybe he'll want to go out with you again. I know. Uh, and, and I that know. Whole conversation. <laughs> and she's like, you should just apologize to Darian. <laughs> for what? Later, Katsy calls it out, which I was surprised with because of how little this show has seemed to notice this, uh, this awful behavior. Yeah. Sure. But I was I was appreciative to see to see Ray kind of get spanked for her terrible treatment of Serena. This episode had everything. This episode just had <laughs> absolutely everything going for. It. And well, we didn't get a song. We didn't get we didn't get a song in this one. But uh, Catsy is phenomenal. Love Catsy. Yeah, she is this. She's this. Or she's got. Hair in the shape of a cat. She's been smoking for 40 years. Yeah. I was going to say, she yeah. sounds like Molly if Molly had been smoking for a few decades. Yes. And And it's amazing because if you listen to the original episode, like the original dub or sub, the Japanese voice doesn't sound like that at all. Like this is no, just a choice it's, they've made. It's so obvious that it doesn't meet, it doesn't match the uh, <laughs> the sort of graphics that we get. We, we get a lot of sort of fairly typical kind of cute girl cuts to her face and her blushing and stuff. Yeah. All the while, yeah, she's so talking f- like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay? Why don't you watch where you're going, you big clod? Sorry, I couldn't see where I was going. He looks like that guy from the martial arts classes at the temple. Sorry, forgive me. No! Uh-huh. You'll ruin my day! Uh-huh. No, she's very cute and fun, and that is part of, that is by design, because normally these these wicked demon women uh normally are very nasty all the time and yeah we just we get to see a more human side of Katsy um on several yeah. occasions before her ultimate turn but um at, at one point i wrote down because she has this conversation early on with rubius so rubius is manipulating the shit out of her because he knows that she's way into him and he just wants her to 
See, get. it's so weird because up till now I've really only seen sort of like brother lover vibes from him with the with his coven of of thirteen sister wives. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> and in this episode, it goes from that to uh, Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking intense. Uh, and he has this scene where he's like getting really close to her and he's like, I'm going to send you on a special mission. And at one point I wrote down, I wrote a quote that she said, she said, uh, I'll do it for us. She growls unsexily. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, it's bizarre how much like, I, I don't understand their decision with her voice, but I also thought it really added to my personal enjoyment <laughs> because it's fucking it was weird. A, it was an absolute audio treat. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird and unprompted. And so and so tone deaf to the content that that was written and animated. Uh, yeah. And yet it, it's I mean, having this incredibly upsetting, weird <laughs> voice, uh, I thought uh, in a way uh, probably informed the pathology of this incredibly insecure, damaged woman who sure. just wants to be liked and appreciated. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Whether she has to take over the world or become queen of Tokyo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the notable thing that happens in the beginning with her and Rubius is she has gotten him a gift. And oh, yeah. Because she early she bumps into Chad. Uh, with yeah. All of and her, her and like, Chad have like gear. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, again, I think a reference to that episode we didn't watch. Right. That um, you, that you, uh, passed up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we're both war turtles now and we can be above this, huh? <laughs> it's a glaringly terrible gift. He's like, I got you this cologne. It reminded of me because of how strong you are. And I was like, get him skunk spray. Here. Thank you. Well, apparently, he, because he crushes it in front of her. He's like, this is what I he think of your shitty gifts. You know, what's cooler than a, than a gift like it's this. so awful. Is taking over <laughs> Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really upsetting to see that her, like, like just sort of still be head over heels for him and still just be so desperate. Uh, I mean, it, it sets up a really good character stuff. The moment where he squishes her gift for no reason, I did laugh because it's so over the top. But the rest is yeah. quite awful. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, they keep having like these these horrible lines back and forth. And she's like her inner monologue is just so sad to listen to where she's like, I know if I make up my face just right, I'm sure Rubius will want to take me out for a victory celebration. <laughs> just uh, like Patty and Selma. It's yeah. Oh, oh. Um. Oh, MacGyver. <laughs> Rubies. <laughs> so she's, she knows the, 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 what's this fuck? The wise man, I guess, from the future, you can see the past. Weissman. He knows when things going to happen. Weissman. He's, he's told them that, uh, Rini's going to for sure show up at Ray's temple later this afternoon. So he sends Katzi there to take care of it. And so that's why she's there. We also then are seeing stuff with Ray and Chad. Um, and Chad is sort of being, I don't know, she's making him carry all of her shopping yeah, and all this other stuff. And she, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's pretty, pretty paint by numbers kind of, yeah. uh, sort of a goofy, just a goofy friend relationship. He keeps trying to find times to like release his new hit single that nobody <laughs> wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear it. 
Got this new song I've been working on. No. 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 <laughs> so, but Katzi appears as a makeup saleswoman. Yes. This yes. is where it's shit so gets good. It, it, but before that, actually, it's so funny because um, if you're going to add this, like, deus ex machina, like, power of the wise man, uh, Rini will be at the temple at four. She arrives at like nine in the morning. Is like fuck. What do I do all day? <laughs> it's so unnecessary to the plot that she's just incredibly early. But I love it. Yeah. Well, also it's also great because we have Serena is at the temple. Serena and Ray are at the temple because Serena has gone over to grab manga uh, from Ray to borrow yeah. Ray's steamy manga. But instead of taking it home, she's done the classic, uh, you know, borders or the uh, the classic like Barnes and Noble trick of like read the books before there, you buy it, it. <laughs> read them right there, and then put them away. Um, yes. So Serena is is reading all the manga before taking them home, uh, so she doesn't have to take them home. And yeah, and that's when that's when Katsy shows up dressed as a as a fancy and, Avon lady. Okay, <laughs> I had to I had to listen to this line a couple times because I laughed out loud so hard it was so funny. But unfortunately, the joke is that I'm going to explain, uh, as we all know, is the best way to uh, yeah you know lay out a joke. No, but it, she kind of fumbles over her words, and it's the take they took. So I had to play it a couple times before I finally heard it to be correct. And then later she restates that she works for the Regal. Uh, makeup company in a more clear in a more clear voice but I swear I it's what it sounds like because again she kind of mealy mouths this you line think- she says I'm here from a real makeup company and I fucking died <laughs> oh can you imagine oh my god <laughs> okay nobody asked but uh... <laughs> oh my god oh fuck uh, well, yeah. see, my favorite line was uh, when she starts offering her her cavalcade of creams. If you use it every night, your skin will be so beautiful, everyone will notice. Oh, but maybe that'd just make your boyfriends jealous. Boyfriends? Oh, no, neither one of us has a boyfriend right hey, now. Hey, that's not true. Uh, I've got one, but it's just not really talking to me right at the moment. Hey, you got any reality check cream? My friend here needs a jar big time. Just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, it's a fun zing. But also Serena's being really cute in this moment. She's just, uh, she's just so defeated. Uh, yeah. And in a, in a, in a, in a funny, adorable way. Like I really liked her character in this, in this scene. And, yeah. and Katzi can't help herself in seeing suddenly when, when Serena starts talking openly with Ray about, Darian, Katzi is also in a really weird off again, on again relationship and decides to chime in. And they have this <laughs> yeah. like really interesting, open, like real, no airs conversation about like being independent and like dating <laughs> yeah. men and, and, and what the Ka- purpose and is. Then, and then Katzi has a moment of clarity like, oops, I just explained all my shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh? <gasps> What am I doing? I'm being nice to them and telling them all my dreams with Rubius. I love Katzi. I, I, I'm pretty positive. I mean, I don't know this. I didn't look it up. It feels like we're not going to see Katzi again. Like she's going to move on after this and have. I get different... the impression she's going to move on to this arc, but I, I would not be surprised if we get a few more, a few more eps with her. Because I'd love seeing Katzi again. She's so yeah. fucking funny. I think uh, we will see her again a little bit, but I don't think she's going to become I, a, I a regular feel like, player. Right. With, uh, with, 
I mean, I know they. If we were going to, if we were going to kind of go by carbon copy, then mm. Rubius is sort of the Nephlite type. But this is the character for whom we've seen a lighter side of, and they've gotten a pretty good send off in the past. Yeah, this sort of uh, better, better bad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's no Maxfield Stanton, but she's no pretty Maxfield great. Stanton. No. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, really okay. think so? You really? <laughs> uh, they had a moment like that where when she first walks in as the Avon lady, she's like, uh, "Oh, well, you you two must be models." And they're like, "Oh, like, oh so oh, charmed, so flattered." <laughs> you really think that? <laughs> Man, they would they would buy into a multi-level marketing scheme they so, so they would. They, they really would. Sinker. Um, poor girls. So Serena fucks off. She she finally is like, okay, I'll stop freeloading off your manga. Uh, as she she walks by Rini as she's leaving the the, the shrine, and she's like, <laughs> temple oh. manga. <laughs> she's like, oh hey, uh, I hope you're not going over there to read Ray's manga because that's kind of a douche move. She's really busy all the time. <laughs> uh, but no, I guess I guess uh, I guess Rini was invited to come hang out or something, and. Uh, wasting no time as soon as Rini gets to the front of the temple, Katsy starts attacking. It's it's and... a fun little exchange, although before, right before that, I just wanted to say, yeah, I felt like it did kind of undercut the 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 growth we've seen with those two, it, just to be back to sort of senseless bickering. But, I mean, it was mm-hmm. fun, so I, I can't be too mangry. Mangry. That's when you're angry in a manga. <laughs> so I don't know. But I just felt a little bit like it was sort of sabotaging the relationship that was established. A little, yeah. Yeah, and then they somebody else calls her a little fungus again, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fungus thing, the little virus. Yeah. They've they've sort of you know hooked into this sort of mushroom metaphors for reading. <laughs> uh, some weird parents. And I would love for that to come up. Like they if they if they don't want to say on, on broadcast television. Well, yeah, like if they don't want to say later that uh she was conceived by Sailor Moon fucking the shit out of Darien. That you know, possibly <laughs> she's some sort of fungal child who grew, <laughs> grew, grew oh, yeah, from we the grew back her in of our her private lab. Oh. <laughs> well, see, when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much, they play, they plant the spores into soft loam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Chad be, is the Chad in this narrative, and yes almost sacrifices himself to save first to save Rini and then to save Ray when Ray kind of steps in to sort of do all the, the fire witch magic against Katzi. I want to make um, sure that we point out real fast that when he first steps up to be like, no, don't touch that girl or whatever. Um, fucking Katzi looks over and is like, you think I'm scared of you after seeing you run around here like a wet chicken? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then when Chad takes a hit, uh, Will Ray, actually, I'm feeling majorly mangled. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And there's like a little bit of interesting back and forth where, like, n- then Ray steps in to try and save Chad, and Katzi's just like legitimately confused. She's like, like, okay, why, why would, why would Chad want to save someone who treats him the way that Ray does? Like, all she does is boss you around. And I don't know, his response is, it's what's on the inside that counts, uh, which I don't know if it really gets to the whole sort of interesting, more interesting part of like, it why would you really. go after an abuser? 
<laughs> but uh, because that's definitely what Katzi's <laughs> dealing with. Uh, and she's sort of drawing a parallel that isn't strictly speaking real. Um, but I still I still like the moments a lot um, because we get to see Katzi sort of being a person. And it's really it's really nice all of a sudden to have one of these Negamoon sisters just like legit have like a personality and feelings that are complex. Yeah, and that gets even more complex when Rubius sure. shows up again and fires her. Oh, God. Are we talking about this yeah, right now? Yeah, she thinks he's, yeah. Come for, he's come as backup. So it's it's a pretty devastating moment. Yeah. I We got we to gotta talk about this because when she's like, I, but wait, Ru- Rubius, you can't fire me. I love you. Rubius responds, I said love is a powerful thing that can be used to manipulate simps like you. <laughs> and, yeah. He yeah. says the, simps. The, proge- <laughs> the progenitus <laughs> moment. Of, yeah. Uh, and I, I went and I, I looked I it up. I think been traced to a Sailor Moon episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did look it up. My... There's, you know, it's obviously tough to to sort of trace the etymology of slang, but like apparently in the late 80s, apparently E40 in like rap songs was ca- we're calling people simps in a way that's very similar. Well, and simps is in Baby Got Back too, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like rap culture was using simp in a way that's similar to how we use it now for sure. Uh, but to see it in this fucking Canadian Sailor Moon dub from 1995 <laughs> is very, pretty yeah. wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's Yeah, when their command of of popular sw- slang was not um great. Yeah. Right. Like you go from calling people nega trash to just calling them simps. <laughs> <laughs> it just ruined me. I could I had to stop and laugh for so long when I heard him fucking just drop simp. Yeah. It's well, so and then funny. his sort of his final nail in her coffin is when he he Says that she wears too much perfume and is Ooh. smelly and stinks real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smelly. Uh, she's yeah. fucking devastated though. <laughs> she's yeah, it's really rough to see. But before he leaves, he's like, "Well, I'll give you a fighting chance if you want to keep trying to fight these sailor scouts, though. Like you're out of the crew, you're out of the band. But have a Here's have a, a nega bomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have a nuke." It'll blast this dump into chopsticks. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like implied, like, look, if you want to actually do something useful with yourself, you can blow yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's hit, that's hit way harder so, in the original episode. It's in the, so, in the original it's so Japanese. vicious. Uh, in the original Japanese, they actually, there's a couple, like, there's like a little mini scene that they cut of her being like, so you want me to just die here? And Ray being like, oh my God. <laughs> and her just sitting there crying, holding a bomb. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Uh, and so the rest of the the rest of the Sailor Scouts show up like right at the wrong time. Um, and For they a sort of. Yeah. And yeah. start beating the shit out of Katzi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it falls to Mars to dive in the middle and take a take a Jupiter knee to the gut. I was like, damn, that must hurt a lot. Lita's Lita's got some strong knee action. Uh, it's also funny, like, like it, it, it's clearly a sort of, uh, you know, moment that has been built up to from the, the previous people doing, like, the Chad sacrifices. But yeah. you, I, it just, it felt like one too many times, like, Katzi has to be there, like, don't you guys, don't, you don't have to just dive all the, dive into damage all the time. I don't know, it just stopped. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, it was, it, it was, 
it was a good moment for Ray, but it it was too many times in the episode. Like to have it becomes just the uh, the SNL else. dear sister sketch where everybody starts taking the gunshot. To yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I fully agree. What you say? What you say? Uh, but no, she she's <laughs> I like, I, I believe that you have good in you, and I think that you can be better. And Katsy's like just, just laying there crying, and it's really it's really powerful. And uh, at the end here, she asks Serena to use her like moon crystal activation healing, blah blah blah, to uh, to fix her, I guess, yeah, to remove like the negative energy. Yeah, her evil remnant energy, and. And she does. She turns into the makeup lady again. And it is in both versions of this episode very unclear if she retains memories. Um, yeah, that's true. I think I think maybe in the Japanese it's more implied that she kind of remembers what's up. But like, it I is still think weird that she didn't. But now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, she does sort of seem a little transformed. She's been given this sort of like Cinderella ending where her voice isn't gross anymore, which I think has to be the entire reason they gave her a gross voice was to differentiate her at the end. Right. Yeah. That's a long game, though, because she's been doing this all season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not the first time we've seen Katzi. It's also funny. So we have the the sailor says. Oh, yeah. And this one, uh, which is just a fun little sweet note to go out on uh, on a sweet episode. Um, but their whole, the whole moral in this one is like, Hey, real, real nasty people are also people too. I know we've been killing them for most of the <laughs> the show, but 60 you know, some episodes, but yeah, we've been mostly but killing also, them. So visually this, this, this moralizing takes place towards Katzi, but yes. within the context of the episode we watched, we saw some pretty inexcusable behavior. That's like, Hey, remember he still he still loves you. You can all you can always you can always go back to Rubius. He's, yeah, he's a real person with value. To cap it out, <laughs> they say um, that people change. Maybe even one day, someone like Melvin. <laughs> what the fuck? He's not even in this episode. What are we doing, Duncan? Not... On Melvin, Serena. Ah, uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, especially because you know. Uh, that's Melvin. That's just like a creepy kid at school versus like real actual like murderer demons from another dimension that are like yeah. doing crimes and hurting people. And yeah. then it's like, maybe, eh, well, maybe even Melvin's a person. I don't know. <laughs> demons, sure, they can become better people, but <laughs> Melvin? Melvin, we'll but see. Melvin's? Time will tell. But if you're a Melvin's a Melvin forever. <laughs> no matter how small. <laughs> Uh, Let's go to a sponsor. Let's do it. Hey, Rory. Uh, Toot, toot, toot. That's just me driving the money train down the road. If you have uh, something you'd like to chuck at me. Yeah. um, So we got this really sort of like sulfurous letter that was sealed mm. with like a skull insignia and it had a very interesting pitch for us to to try to you know use our audience to to encourage mm-hmm. um and i was hoping you could tell us about try coming to hell for just a little while yeah so i got a letter from a gentleman named sprucifer and <laughs> okay oh. <laughs> and he has informed me that he has uh, quite a significant sum of money trapped in hell. 
And if I could come down and pick it up for him and take it back, uh, because you can't buy Bitcoin in. Oh, in right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I remember that lawsuit. All the tokens and, are fungible there. Right. Uh, and so the, the thought is, uh, I'm going to go down to hell for just a little while. And uh, I'm going to pick up a significant sum of money from Sprucifer, uh, just a guy, just a guy who lives down under. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to, you know, buy a bunch of Bitcoin with it. And as far as I know, that's the end of the transaction. I think so. What I'm told is that at the end of this, uh, he gets a little bit. He gets a little bit of Bitcoin back. He gets his, you know, uh, he gets his he gets a taste of what daddy of what daddy yeah. gets. Yeah. And uh, I guess there's some sort of 10 million year pact uh, where mm. Uh, it's unclear. It's a the the letter the letter's illegible to the human eye. The uh, the runes dance across the paper in a sort of infuriating way that, that boils one's blood, and um, literally, literally your boy your blood will boil trying to track the runes uh, mm-hmm. as they dance across the parchment the parchment scroll, and eventually, what I'm told. Is there's what's known as a sexual spiral. Wow. And um, it's supposed to be pretty dope. So <laughs> after, and uh, all you got to do is hang out, hang out down in hell for just a little bit. Uh, you've got your Bitcoin. And then um, I think everything just works itself out pretty much. Uh, that sounds spiral, really, uh, it's spiral related. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. And I guess the more people you invite to go also do it and get Sprucifer's money um, adds to the spiral, right? I think so. I think that's the idea is that every person, every person you you forward the email to will have to enter your sexual spiral. Well, every okay. new person is just a new, a new, a new sexual link on the chain that spirals down to paradise. Yeah. Nothing gross. If you guys aren't that close, then they'll be further up the spiral. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Everything's yeah. really below board, which is what they call above board down there. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's no problems that I've ever I've noticed in in any of the paperwork. Though I did get really hot inside when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see you guys on the spiral then. <laughs> Catch you on the spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen up, all you magical guys and girls out there. Uh, We are back with the final episode for our show uh, of Madoka Magica, and that is episode three. Now, I'm not afraid of anything anymore. Here is the synopsis. Madoka and Sayaka continue to follow Mommy on her witch hunts and remain undecided on their wishes. Later, the two are shocked to find that there is a grief seed located at a hospital where a dear childhood friend of Sayaka resides. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the, the, the good is, one. 
<laughs> so this is a this is still a great episode. There, it's it's so silly to me to start how this episode starts. Like we mm-hmm. ended last week with Sayaka being like, you know, I really feel kind of plagued by indecision because, um, you know, my life has not been one where I I really know what to wish for that would really improve the world in a substantial way. Yeah. Uh, and this whole time, she's just had this, like, friend with childhood leukemia. And it's like, oh, what if I cured my best friend from childhood? <laughs> Being ravaged by cancer as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. So, yeah, so we open on Sayaka's friend uh, in the hospital. Uh, Kiyosuke is his name, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so I guess we learned that he was in a car. I think he was he was in a car accident. But we might not learn that in this episode. But um, the the really interesting conversation that's had, because, yeah, that seems like, oh, it's a clearly a shoe in for for her wish. But then something that mommy talks about is like, hey, so the thing is, that's his wish. And you kind of it wishing is kind of nice and like changing his life and deciding what will happen for him. Like, do you really want to do that? Well, and I and don't, are you doing don't it know. for him or you? Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. I don't know if I, yeah, because I don't know if I agree with what you're saying there. I don't think that was mommy's issue. I think mommy's issue is that you get one wish. Are you sure you want to use it for somebody else? And are you sure you're not doing it just so that he's going to feel grateful to you? Afterwards? Well, we learned we learned that she uh, she made her wish to escape a I guess a collapsed building. Uh, that right. appears to be in some sort of war-torn other country, but that's like sort of a little unclear. But yeah, it, it exactly. doesn't look like it doesn't look like an earthquake rubble. It looks like war rubble. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, "I didn't get it like time to consider my wish. I just kind of had to save I, I my own life." I was being squished. I was being squished by by like rubble. So you should really like think about your wishes. <laughs> what do you wish for? How about no more rubble? How about not How about being squished by rubble? A huge lack of rubble. Um, <laughs> it's it's also worth noting that this is kind of everything we talked about last week as being like absent from the show, and that how interesting it was that Madoka was not in exactly the situation that Mommy was in. That that mm-hmm. it was not no. this kind of like dire choice that they weren't faced with these like really obvious wish opportunities in front Mm -hmm. of them um and so now we're kind of seeing some of those opportunities show up but yeah madoka does not she continues throughout this entire episode to not have a solid idea for a wish like where she lands by the climax of this is that she's like look the i've never felt better or more important in the world than when you showed up and showed me I might be able to make some good happen as a magical girl. So I'm sorry I don't have a better wish, but my wish is to be a magical girl. And th- that sucks, but it's also like really honest and I like it. Uh, yeah, of course. And then I think mommy also hits with a with a pretty good moment of like, well, fuck, dude, if you've got nothing to wish for, how about a billion dollars? Just take the money, yeah. get your magical <laughs> right. girl powers, use your wish like a smart person. Yes. Right. And like we were saying last week, like, how about world peace? <laughs> right. How about end world <laughs> hunger? 
Yeah, and like Madoka's whole thing right now is just like, well, I don't know, like having the magical girl power will fulfill what I want. Like I want power. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's my wish is to have no well, okay, Madoka, you fucking idiot. You're gonna get the magical girl power by wishing for something. Just pick something. I don't know. We'll make a big cake and you can eat the big cake. You wish for cake. Well, okay, well, I don't wanna be a magical girl just for cake. Then come up with a better wish. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, so she's still struggling with this. But meanwhile, Sayaka is definitely like thinking about her her guy that yeah. she's got a crush on. Yeah. So so the moment before the cake reveal, I, I think leading <laughs> up to this, there's there's been a an undercurrent with mommy like that. There's there's shit we don't know about her character and her intentions. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to assume the way we said it was sort of lively and fun, but. Uh, this is not like a quirky comedy, either. you know, it's yeah. like all no. of this is very drawn out and creepy. But it is, but it is a tension reliever because at that moment, what I saw coming was, okay, th- I'll take your wish. How about that? Oh, but yeah. But she doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, instead, instead of, I mean, that, that's obviously just my interpretation, but it, it really feels like it's kind of setting up a sort of uh, uh, Machiavellian move. And instead she says, Fine then, let's let's get cake. It's no big deal. You've yeah. got no wishes. <laughs> nothing in the world bad happens to Madoka, who's got nothing to wish for. <laughs> so this is, I still think this is one of my favorite moments in the show because she she's standing there and is talking about how just she wants to be a magical girl, and mommy like finally is like her crack like cracks appear in her like normally just sort of super chill smiling demeanor and she says uh i'm not worth looking up to i just pretend to be cool and when i'm scared i have no one to talk to i just cry by myself being a magical girl honestly sucks yeah it's an amazing moment and and i don't know if i was a little bit um ruined from being told this episode was sort of a a turning point in the show um Mm -hmm. But as I but I have also mentioned the first two episodes, I've had a pretty consistent bad juju off mommy. And this episode completely flips it. She's she's not out to hurt anybody or steal their wishes or Mm -hmm. uh, anything. As far as I know, I mean, I um, I was planning to watch the whole series uh, today and my I was not able to get my hands on it in time for our recording. Right. I've only seen the the, the first three episodes, but she seems pretty rad. But yeah. yeah, I mean, she's literally, she's just a girl under a lot of pressure. She's yeah. under so much <laughs> yeah. pressure. <laughs> and and I got to say, I'm I'm tipping our discussion's hand a little bit in this moment. But I want to tell you, uh, there's, I, I don't know, in, in, the, in the like visual novel and anime community type things, they call them death flags. But like, it's that same thing of like in an in a action movie being like, yeah, and then we're going to go get married and we're going to have a great life right before that character runs off and gets killed. Mm-hmm. The, the death flags are screaming in this moment. And yeah. what's interesting is that you don't think they're it's going to They're just too happen. hopeful. Yeah, they're so hopeful. She's like, oh, my God, you're going to be a magical girl and we're going to talk to each other and we're going to be so great and we're going to have a feast with all this cake. And we're going to wish for cake and it's going to be awesome. And it's. I, like, I don't, I think even when I was watching this the first time, I was like sensing that and going like, oh man, shit's going to be bad. But I really didn't think that they would kill mommy. No, I didn't think so either. I did not think that she was doomed because I still thought that she was creepy. And I still thought that, right. you know, the real turn was going to be a villain heel turn. 
Yeah, I mean, mommy, mommy's death. When you think about like, I, I guess what I didn't realize when I first watched the show uh, is that mommy's Obi Wan, and I know this is Joseph Campbell shit. The mentor dies, and you're thrust into another world, and all this other shit. But like, I hadn't really put that together that this was that mommy was our mentor character and that she had to die in some way. Right. Yeah. Because if, well, if we're going, if we're going Joey cams on this, that's <laughs> what makes the twist shows. So, so shocking is, uh, they put, they killed Gandalf at the end of the Shire, right? Like it's yeah. out of sequence. A yes. Little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy it. I really think it's cool. Uh, one of the, you know, and and not in that sort of way that all the media reported on Game of Thrones, like, oh, they'll kill anyone. It's fucking dope. But like, <laughs> but like, I just think it's cool. I think it's really cool. And it really it's drives a- home the point of this show, which is that being a magical girl in this world or potentially in general, if you put some realism on it, is terrifying. Is existentially awful. horrifying. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a sort of genre reveal, right? Like we're, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. this is the moment the show is, is really no longer card captor Sakura. And mm-hmm. I noticed something in, in the, um, in the title credits as well. It shows mommy kind of skipping along in a sort of chibi, um, flat painting kind of art style with this, mm-hmm. with this, uh, with this sort of art deco rain. Uh, cause you know, they've been playing around with art styles all this time. I, and I might not be, it might not be art deco, but it's, it's just very not, anime and not realistic and then yeah. it's a hard cut to her falling down in the real rain and like a <laughs> just like face just a face in a real puddle yeah it's a pretty You'll- jarring uh visual match and i think it's uh speaks well to this this episode yeah you you will find and i'm not telling you guys anything you probably don't already know i'm just saying in general for anime that isn't just your run of the mill bullshit comedy whatever like anime that's actually trying to do something and be interesting uh will generally tip its hand in some way in its animated intro uh yeah it will it will hide secrets of its show somewhere in there uh for you to find uh <laughs> and it's always kind of fun to look for that sort of thing uh- um I do want to say before, because there's some stuff I want to say about the ending, but uh, yeah, there we, we is... should we should like properly do a little bit of a walk up to to mommy. yeah. So yeah. this they are they were visiting the friend at the hospital, mm-hmm. and they discovered that there is a grief seed in the hospital out exterior, which and is and I'm like, getting my bullshit alarm is going off right pretty intensely right uh-huh. now. Uh huh. This sort of like ooh another would it look a convenient witch has appeared <laughs> in front of us. Oh no. Um, and, uh, they decide to go in and that, that, you know, it's going to open up and they're going to go into that weird, weird world again. And there's like a witch that is hibernating or that is like birthing. Yeah. Hatching. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, there's some stuff and Madoka runs off to get mommy, whatever, but they, they end up all inside and, uh, we get, uh, Homura, also yeah the other witch the other sorry the other magical girl and uh she gets tied up by mommy yeah because mommy doesn't trust it because they've had a couple run-ins at this point and homura keeps being like you can't let madoka turn into a magical girl and we have a couple like little bits of conversation especially in this episode about how madoka like Kyube can sense it and mommy can sense it and homura can sense it that if madoka becomes a magical girl She's going to be dope. She's going to be really big time. Yeah. And that's interesting because, because again, 
we don't have a solid sense on the morality of these two girls or Cubane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not really. Uh, even even Mommy for 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 her redemption in this episode. Well, not redemption, but sort of revealing that she's not a she's not sort of like a dark uh, you know Undertaker. Um, she's still very selfishly motivated by having company. Finally. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, it's it's relate it's relatable, but it's 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 still selfish. And, and the point to, I was going to get to was that uh, she says Cubey already chose them, like it's out of my hands, and that's freaky as shit because he was with them when they find this grief seed, and he's like, yeah. "Hurry up and make your wish, girls." Yeah, at every turn, Cubey seems to be like, "Oh well, I guess you have no choice now but to fucking make your wish and become magical girls," and they keep getting interrupted, <laughs> and. uh and yeah, so Homura finally shows up again at this at this labyrinth, and Mommy's like, I'm not listening to you anymore. And she's like, no, wait, this witch is different. There's like something different about this witch. It's like more, and like she's like, nah, fuck it. And she ties her up, and they leave her back there. And uh, ends up being a poor call, I would say. Right. Yeah, because they finally face off against this witch that, for the first time, is not like a, a paper craft mixed media art project, and is like a weird... <laughs> actual also animated 2d entity it's like a weird it's like a weird it's it's like a little red riding hood muppet at a tea party uh-huh and then it becomes like a serpent. it's great i loved i love this i love these these witch segments so much yeah they're surreal they're crazy and terrifying and mm-hmm. and then one straight up just chomps mommy the big time with yeah. teeth yeah because and- mommy's like Wow, you know, like after like fresh off a really nice conversation with Madoka, she's like, wow, I have never felt this happy during a fight. This is so dope. I'm having so much fun. My head is bitten off. And it's it's so it's so cool. I really like there's a couple like filmmaking type things that I really like that they did here because they avoid showing blood. And I don't know if that's just a convention of being in this labyrinth witch world or if it's like a thing they're trying to do so that it's not, you know, for ratings. But like. When he, when it chomps her head, uh, we see mommy hanging like lifeless, but from the top of the frame and like the top of the frame is cutting off her head. And then well, we yeah. see like in the it, distance, yeah, her body fall. Yeah. Genre, bre- genre bending and genre breaking are kind of two different things, right? So like mm-hmm. ultimately this show is still participating in the genre of magical yep. girl shit and it's not horror gore. Mm hmm. Gore, but it is, gore, but it is horror, like, gore. it is like horror adjacent in a in a weird way, like not really, but like it, it's it, tapping into it. It's yeah. tapping there. It's, ta- it's tapping the threshold between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that same symbolism, Andy. Uh, yeah. At the same time, we see Homura who's being wrapped up by mommy's like ribbons, like restraints. They are red, and they suddenly like congeal Wilt and, and dry like, yeah. yeah and become like almost kind of like a gore or something you know like yeah yeah, yeah because does, she's yeah. she's freed and yeah and then finally my favorite one is that after uh when homura shows up with after another one of these cubay moments where he's like yeah okay make a fucking contract with me now become magical girls now mommy just died make make contracts and then homura shows up and saves them and kills the witch and as she walks back to them there's this really wide shot of uh like the girls are they look really small in frame and homura walks up to the other two girls who are like huddled and in the top left corner we see the grief seed from the witch fall and hit something 
And then we zoom in on it and it is the grief seed has shattered a teapot and the teapot, the tea inside is like flowing out over the edge of this like weird table. And again, it looks very like blood and it's very evocative of it. And and it's just a really cool visual thing. The show's so visually neat. I just yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. Homura walks back up and she's like, like right after mommy's died and we see the teapot shatter and she goes, burn this sight into your minds. This is what it means to be a magical girl. It's like, oh God. You got that kids? <laughs> You're watching kids? You ready to buy our products? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nuts. And you can tell that uh Sayaka and Madoka are just just shattered by yeah. by this. Yeah, they're traumatized. It's bad. And Kube is continuing to just sort of have that plastered on smile and his little cat face like a little sociopath. Yep. And uh oh, God. And the girls cry and we go into this different ending theme. Yeah, okay. So there's not much that we can clip drop, unfortunately, from the show because we've been watching it subtitled. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing we can play right now is, uh, Andy, if you will, later, uh, we yeah. can play what the ending theme song has been for the, for the first two episodes. <laughs> um, just a little bit of this little fun baby music that they play. <laughs> uh, this very cute, cutesy baby music. Then, uh, what they sort of butt rock jam into, uh, they <laughs> scream into uh, this yeah. like new closing theme. which is awesome and it, it's such a cool kind of shift to make yeah in using I really like changing it. your and i know other anime like they will mess around with their closing uh closing themes sometimes but this is three like, episodes dramatic. in is 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 dramatic yeah. and it's not a season yeah. finale it's yeah it's like yeah or or like a new music budget like this was part of the sort of yeah yeah the, yeah a lot of times like the, the the opening and ending will change, right? Like at the same time, because it's like, all right, refresh the music. But this one, it's like the OP stays the same. It's the ending that changes to reflect the tone that has been hinted at and now revealed, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And I really, I really like that. It's what I was kind of getting at two weeks ago when I was like, they marketed, they marketed this show in a way that didn't tell you this third episode was coming, uh-huh. right? And you can even see it right at the end. Like you watch the whole ending theme. And then at the end, there's this freeze frame that they've had all three episodes so far of like this cute freeze frame of Madoka while like a voiceover does sort of like the next time on situation. And instead, it's like upsetting ending. And then we go to cutesy freeze frame. And the voiceover is just Madoka being like, "Uh, mommy, she's. Oh, fuck. uh, uh, uh." And it's like the mismatch of like cutesy visual and and like just watched friend die vocals over top is really powerful and yeah. i really like it yeah so i, I don't know that's that's kind of this show in a nutshell right i mean like it's not it's not too edgy for you or whatever but it is it is trying to do 
this like intense thing with a genre that's typically fluff. Yeah, let's run on this energy and go right into a wrap up. So we're we're war turtles. Uh, we're better than Rory. Okay, get the theme out of the way. I still want to talk about these shows. I I I don't know. What do you guys What do you guys think? Three episodes in, I know you're both going to watch more Madoka, right? Yeah, I think we both we both had made that call pretty. You know, by episode one, I think we we're like, yeah, I'm watching this show. Yeah, yeah um, I am still obsessed with the show playing with this notion of uh, asking for power and power fantasies being inherently selfish. Or yeah. or playing with like what you get in return for wanting something that seems altruistic on a surface level. And yeah. I don't know too many shows or other properties that have really done that. And it's cool. It's, it's tough for me right now because I want to talk to you because this show keeps evolving what it kind of is and what it's up to throughout the 12 episodes so like there's still stuff that i super want to talk to you about and i can't but uh suffice to say yeah i think it would be fun it would be fun to do a uh a, uh to do a little post-mortem either on this show or this show in star or one or the other or both patreon, as a little patreon mm-hmm. thing yeah 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 that'd be fun because you know there are structure things about this show and like what what happens with madoka that I'm really interested in, and I think they're really cool. And I think you, I think you're gonna think it's cool too. So I'm excited to. Yeah, I to mean, hear as, your a, thoughts. A, as a self-proclaimed structure boy, it's like uh, <laughs> this show's watertight. Like, like with its with water what type? it's doing, it's really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it is. It's just really structurally sound. Like it, it's yeah. uh, it's. The use of storycraft in this is, you know, um, unparalleled. I mean, it's paralleled yeah. by other things that are top notch. That are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that you guys enjoyed this. This was sort of my, I mean, Rory and I wanted to, to make sure we watched Star. I definitely wanted to make sure we didn't skip over Madoka if we were going to do Magical Girls. Because I feel like. There's been a few of these sorts of magical girl shows, kind of, that are like deconstruction, recontextualizing the genre itself, you know, sort of through different conventions. But I think Madoka is sort of the poster child. Yeah, I mean, you you could compare it to other animes, especially, that have taken a similar route where they've Mm -hmm. said uh, all of the fun fantasy fanfare is uh, actually people dying. Yeah, uh, I can think of a few times that's come up. <laughs> yeah, um, well, and it's 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 one of those things too, where again you just it's it's kind of I mean if we go if we go cam, if we go cami on it it's it's yeah. obviously the point of no return, <laughs> but yep, but the point of no return in different stories is very different, right? Like uh, Luke Skywalker's family gets burned alive, and yeah. and Bilbo just decides it's time it's time to go on, go have some fun. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I I bring this up a lot um, in conversation. I think with sometimes, but like the ending of the West Wing season one is uh, such an interesting turn for me that has such a strong effect because the whole season we are in a different level of safety. Like we perceive yeah. a level of safety where everybody's going to have sort of like fun, quirky 
quirky struggles, but nobody's under gunfire. Like look nobody's how cute it is to die. work at the White House. It's an House. office comedy. I mean, right. not it's yeah. an office comedy, comedy. But it's, it's kind of an office comedy. Right. And then end of season one, people are getting shot with bullets, with real bullets, and going to the <laughs> hospital. And it's like you shot Josh Lyman. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's that like shift in safety that for something that is might be otherwise like a comfort show. Uh, well, and to take a be... genre that is traditionally done for like preteen and very young girls to enjoy and you've got things you know it like this this is a very safe genre as far as things go even sailor moon while it has its moments like you know nobody's dying in sailor moon right like uh, darian's not gonna bite it randomly in one episode <laughs> yeah he's not gonna it's get a, shot I mean, with it, a gun it, yeah <laughs> i i'm gonna be diving we're kind of diving into into uh english english major territory but like this is a sort of common <laughs> this is a common thread in genre in genre fiction this sort of these these phases of um not necessarily competency like not to suggest that other makers are less competent but the genre uh establishes cliches it establishes rules it establishes um known knowns and and all the known unknowns and all the blah 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 like this is fully deconstructive. This is the sort of phase three of, uh, you right. know, uh, of the magical girl as a genre. This is, this takes this is it post magical th- girl uses all of the tropes. It establishes all, it uses all the tropes we are aware of. It, it plays to type really well. Like, um, well, you know, I talked about last week, how Sayaka is, is in a lot of ways, a sort of mirror image of sailor Mercury. And I think that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah. yeah so it's it's impressive how it actually has more to say other than hey we're gonna turn a genre on its ear yeah hey what if magical girl but death right where where it's it's like little more than just a parody <laughs> this is a lot more than just like a parody it's a lot yeah. more than like playing with ideas and saying well, oh, right. what so- if it happened differently that would be the difference here between this and like a Game of Thrones. Uh, when it comes to Game of Thrones, is breaking the rules and it, it does it well. And it, it and it, and it um, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but it is not a deconstruction of the fantasy genre, right? No, at all. It's just no. a rule breaker. Now, I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. But we're done with Madoka. We're gonna move on with Sailor Moon next week. We have a little break. Uh, our patrons have determined through a very democratic process that we are going to watch uh, a couple episodes of Ronin Warriors next week. Uh, so I hope if that rings a bell for you, I'm, I'm excited because it rings a lot of bells for me and I'm excited to look back at the, another it bad anime. Bells, baby. Ring my bell. Uh, but then when we return for our final uh, sub arc of this arc. Behind the barn <laughs> and ring my bells. <laughs> we'll, uh, we're going to be watching uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. And Utena. I'm so fucking stoked for that. Stoked. Lay me down in a bale of hay and just <laughs> ring those ring bells. Ring my bell. <laughs> uh, we'll ring your bell next Tuesday.